to the What's Happening music show. It has been an absolute hot minute, but Jamie and Michelle are back and we are so excited for the show today. We're going to be talking to an amazing artist called Seabeam about their music um, and their creative process. We've got some awesome discoveries that we're going to share with you and some super, super sick songs. So sit tight and enjoy this show. Okay, so to kick things off, we're going to start with Jamie and his first discovery. So Jamie, what have you got for us? Awesome. Well, it's great to be back, Michelle. As I say, it feels like it's been a while, but that's okay. We've been discovering plenty of music since since our last show. So I'm going to kick us off with a UK-based producer called Jab Stamina. Now, some of you who follow us on Twitter will see we've posted and shared some of his music quite a bit. But I'm a, I'm a huge fan of this guy, so he is a producer that focuses on house music or deep house with a bit of trance, a bit of club, and a bit of kind of, you know, just general electronic dance music thrown in. So his Facebook bio say he is predominantly house, but I feel like a lot of those genres are all fused together in what you listen to him. So he really is a multi-genre kind of electronic based producer. And the stuff that he produces, I think it is really great. So where should you start if you want to listen to him? Well, there's really two places. First of all, we can't ignore his latest single, which is called Into My Eyes, which embodies both that kind of trancey vibe that I was talking about, some really nice, low, deep bass lines uh, that help really drive the whole song along. And there's also some very bright and eclectic moments, which just give it a nice melody and it, the, synth zone, the synth tones just echo through. And it just sounds really, really great. And the thing I love about it is there's everything from your low sounds to your, your higher mid resonances that are echoed throughout the whole song, as well as having a bit of an 80s and 90s trance feel to it. So there's a lot going on, and I, I really, really enjoyed that single. But the one thing I also would make sure that you go and check out, he has an EP called Power, uh, which has got two versions of Power. I think this is an extended version and then a, a kind of a radio edit. And I just really love this because I think this embodies a lot of the sound that he embraces. It's very much more house feeling, but the synth is so profound in this, basically in this whole EP, the synth is profound. And he's really good at making nice melodies, which are really, really catchy, but also having a really, really good mix of the low sounds and the high sounds that bring everything together. The sounds really, 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 really good. So. I think those melodies will captivate fans and I think they'll sound brilliant through massive PA systems because not only are the songs produced well, but they just they're really, really well balanced and they really sound really sound great. So even if you're not a fan of massive electronic music, he's definitely someone I think that should be heard because I think his music will become part of extended mixes when house DJs jump back into clubs. So I think definitely watch out for Japs Demeter to become a pretty big thing in the future. Awesome. And I think we're all looking forward to that moment when uh, we get our house DJs back in the clubs with us there too. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, okay. So my first discovery for uh, today is a band called Flint from Brisbane, Australia. Um, and so they do like sort of alternative indie rock. Um, so they like kind of describe themselves as like if the Arctic Monkeys, Black Sabbath and Soundgarden had a love child, like they would be the product. Like, I'm not gonna lie though, when I was listening to their single, I I got a little bit of like the Fratellis like vibe from them as well, which is like absolutely a, an amazing thing because I love the Fratellis. Um, but yeah, so so yeah, so they've got their first single out, um, which they actually released just on June 25th. So this is like hot off the press, guys. Um, it's called Colors and it's, really good like like i said like i i got fratelli's vibes although like i absolutely do see the arctic monkeys black sabbath soundgarden love child as well maybe the fratelli's are love child of those three as well <laughs> but anyways um so yeah it's really really good though um they've got their first ep is going to be dropping real real soon in july it's called follow the embers so keep your eyes peeled for that um, they're also making a music video at the, in the, the <laughs> they're making a music video at the minute. 
Um, and so that'll be out really soon as well. So keep your eyes peeled for that too. Um, so yeah, some really great stuff coming from this brand new band or well, brand new band in terms of releasing music. So check them out, highly recommend. That sounds awesome. And a love child of all those bands together. I mean, surely nothing that comes out of that can be anything other than absolutely amazing. So I'm going to go and check that out because that sounds right up my street. It sounds proper indie rock banger. That's that's going to be awesome. So I'll definitely check that out. And as, as we're talking about indie rock, my next, my next band actually very much falls in the indie rock category. And this is another band from the UK. Uh, they're from Bath, in fact, and they are called the Nova Teens. Now, when I first listened to these guys, I just was like, ah, it's another indie rock band. And actually, when I listened to the, the first song I listened to, which is Joyride, which is where I recommend you start listening, once I got past the first chorus, it was actually like, there's something else to this band. They're, they are not just an indie rock staple. It's not just a sound that we have heard regurgitated many times. There's actually a really tight, well-knit group of musicians under this that have just a great presence to them and also their their vocal abilities are are, are quite good the the chorus i think in joyride really demonstrates quite a dynamic vocal setup i think i'm I'm not sure whether there's there's backing vocals or it's just the the main vocal who's harmonizing with himself but really really i was quite taken aback by how good that was once i got into the second half of the song and that's not saying anything about the the first half the first half is good but just it started like just any indie rock song probably would and then by the end of it i was like well this is pretty good and so i started listening to some of their other stuff uh, there's a song called the fear there's a song called five and they've also recently done a wasted youth ep which i had to listen to the whole whole ep and same sort of story it starts off sounds very very contemporary indie but then shows that they are quite tight there's good musicianship and there's good lyricism all involved so Honestly, would check anybody who likes indie music, go and check these guys out. But make sure you listen to them properly. Don't just listen to 30 seconds because I don't think you get the full experience that is the Nova Teens. Awesome. Well, I'm going to be switching gears a little bit away from the indie rock. Although I do love a lot of indie rock, to be honest. But no, we're going to we're going to switch over. We're going to cross the Atlantic Ocean to the United States, to Brooklyn, um, where St. Ahmed, a rapper, singer, dancer, songwriter, is based. Um, so his music is very like soulful R&B with some very cool like retro hip hop kind of vibes in it. Um, it's like, it's so good. It's, it's like, I honestly, I was blown away. His music's super, super infectious. Um, and it really reflects like the confidence and empowerment um, that he's sort of found from being like an out and proud gay man. Um, and just living his true authentic self. And like, you can so feel that in the music. It's actually fantastic. Um, so he's um, he's released two singles at the minute. So his first one is It's Just Me. Um, so that's, yeah, that's the debut super smooth song about love and being free with someone. It's really quite funky as well. Like there's some really cool kind of like almost like funk vibes in it. Really, really recommend. Um, the second single is called Clouds, which is like really, this is the first one I actually listened to out of the two of them. And it's really, really cool. And like the whole like concept behind it is like, I, like it feels quite different for me. So it's kind of like the, he was saying like, it's sort of about like letting go of the pressures and that sort of thing, especially like from the pandemic and that. And also like, you know, looking at his like sexuality and how it relates to like smoking weed, which like is it just all works together so well. It's really cool. Like it's such a good song. So highly recommend that. So yeah, so go listen to those two singles. Um, hopefully we're getting some new music from him soon because I, for one, am so excited about this. So definitely check all that out. That sounds amazing. That really does sound amazing. And I always love the different music regardless of the genre just because of who it's written by can say something so different from from anything else i think 
it's it's so important, especially you know, given that you know, Pride. Well, it's Pride Month, and and these these things are so important for people to be able to have a voice because it's so much easier to have a voice through music than um, it is to just say something. So it's always reassuring to to hear to hear things like that, to hear yeah. that the artists are doing things like that. So that's that's really exciting, and I'm. I'm not a huge fan of, of R&B, but I do obviously appreciate it. Um, but I'm going to go and have a listen to that because I think that, that does sound really, really good. Yeah. Now, for my final uh, discovery, we're going to go back across the, the Atlantic to, uh, to the UK. I'm very UK-centered this, this time. I think just the things that I've been listening to. And um, this is closer to indie rock than you were, but quite far away as well. This is... a uh, this is a band. They're 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 called Scarlet Riot. They're very very hard rock. They're very very metal. I've actually did feature them on the radio show, which just shows how much I've been listening to them. But honestly, even if you're not a fan of hard rock and metal, I think these guys are worth just a quick listen so you can appreciate how tight they are as a band and how strange that they are not into the mainstream because they sound just as good as any any hard rock band that I've listened to. In the last uh, in the last twelve months, so they're a quintet and they are female vocal leads, which is something I particularly enjoy because I think it really complements having a slightly higher register voice with the the heavier sounds. But th- this band demonstrates that absolutely perfectly. So if you want to have a listen to this, then I would start with their latest album. It's called Invicta, and it embodies just everything that you want from a heavy metal band. There's heavy guitars. There's lots of drums, there's lots of heavy riffs, and you know, songs like Human and Gravity are just absolute rock numbers that I, I really enjoyed. And I think the biggest thing for me, and if if you are not into hard rock and metal, but you like really good production, this is also another good album to check out because the drums in this are insane. Not only can you hear the drums, they're nice and tight using lots of compression and gates but they don't just sit underneath the mix there's lots of clarity there and a lot of times i feel when you get heavy music it can be difficult to ensure that clarity comes through so just for its production value then i absolutely recommend anybody checks this out if you then are interested more there is another album called regenerate which they produced in 2017 which i also loved uh, because (laughs) i really 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 do like this band so if heavy metal and hard rock is your thing or female fronted rock is your thing this is definitely a band to check out but if if it's not just check them out just for the production value because it is absolutely excellent awesome no i do love like of the hard rock that i listen to which is not a lot i'm not gonna lie um, it's like the female fronted ones that are like my favorite for sure. Cause like, I don't know, there's something about like just the way that they like sing and like how, like you were saying, I guess like how it works with the rest of the music that goes like with it. It, I, I really like it. But anyways, I'm taking us back to the United States. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and we're going to go and have a look at Tony B who is based in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, he's a singer songwriter as well with, you know, nineties and sort of like early naughties R and B influences. Um, so the newest single that he's got out at the minute is called doubt me. Um, and it was sort of written at a time when he was trying to kind of find his stride after moving out to LA, um, for a little bit. So it's it's really cool because it's sort of like it encompasses that sort of idea of like self-confidence and like vulnerability and like living to like a hundred percent of who you are and like your authenticity um which is just super super cool it's also he's also um an openly queer person of color um and with this uh single that he's released like this is the first sort of single that he's kind of been like talking about it like publicly like with everybody um and it so it really sees him kind of opening up about his experiences um as like a queer person of color um and like in his own words actually which i think like this sort of like hits the nail on the head he's like it's super important to me now to live 
openly because representation and visibility 100% matters. Because he was sort of talking about how like, he didn't see anybody who kind of like, looked like him and was like him in the music industry and that kind of thing. But having that representation really like, makes a difference to people. If they, if they see something, they can be it too. You know what I mean? And yeah, so we got an album um, as well, which he put out in 2020, which is really, really good. Um, so that's called Flashing Lights. And there's three songs on it that I think are absolute crackers. Um, so 2AM, Take a Loss, and Say It To Me are all absolutely banging. But definitely recommend saying, um, having a listen to Doubt Me, um, but also listen to the album because the album's great. So yeah, really amazing things coming from him. Oh, well, that sounds awesome. And I'll definitely listen to the album because I feel like that is one of the best ways you can really understand an artist's music and their journey. So 100% go listen to that. Number three, guys, that is all our discoveries for this episode of the What's Happening Music Podcast. But if you do want to check out any of those artists that Michelle and I have discussed, then check the description wherever you are listening to this podcast, whether it be on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, SoundCloud, wherever it is, all those links to those artists will be in the description. Now it is time that we get some music on. So this comes from an artist called Matt Springfield. This is called Things I've Said, and this is the Jelly Hasnut remix. I really enjoy this, so hopefully you guys enjoy this too. Time in your eyes, 
Welcome back to the What's Happening Music Podcast. Michelle and I are back and we are joined by an absolutely amazing artist now. And this artist comes from Leicester in the United Kingdom. So if you're not in the United Kingdom, then hopefully you know where that is. And if you don't, it's okay because music transcends all boundaries. So it is absolutely amazing to have Seabeam on the show. And uh, yeah, just just welcome to the, the show, Seabeam. How, how are you doing? Oh, it's amazing to be here. Thanks, Jamie. Yeah, music does transcend all boundaries, definitely. I 100% agree with that. Good. I'm glad, glad we're on the, the same page. Um, so for any of our listeners who doesn't know who Seabeam is, could you quickly give a little bit of an overview of your music and what someone who's wanting to listen to you can expect to hear? Well, a lot of people say, where did you get the word Seabeam from? Why do you call yourself Seabeam? So maybe it's a good good place to start there, is that it's, it's based on the, the character from the film Blade Runner. And at the end of that movie, a fantastic movie, you've got this sequence where Roy Batty, this genetically engineered character, is dying. And he gives this speech. He says, I watch sea beams glimmer out the Tannhauser Gate. And it's a fantastic piece of, of prose. So I decided to use that. And it's quite enigmatic, really. You don't know what a sea beam actually is. You know, it's from the Philip K. Dick novel originally. But so I, I decided to use that and I changed the spelling a little bit. So instead of C-beam, B-E-A-M, it's B-E-E-M. And it makes it just a bit easier for search purposes. So that once you have got that, you'll see all the references come up rather than mixed in with all the Blade Runner references. But I thought it had a sci-fi feel to it. And that kind of ties in with the sort of music I make, which is not necessarily science fiction music, but because I use a lot of synth, you know, synthesizing keyboard work and you know, some very wild and wonderful sounds. It fits in with that. And I've also got this strange little feature on my keyboard called a D-beam. And when you wave your hand over, it goes, it makes all kind of crazy noises. So I like that. So I thought I'd kind of tie it all together with C-beam. And uh, it might seem a bit unusual, but uh, it's kind of working. People seem to like it. I'm going to stick with it. And yeah, the music is pretty, uh, to put it in a nutshell, yeah, pretty 80s orientated. but without the, without trying to be like a novelty, you know, if you put your heart and soul into something, you put your passion into it, it won't be a novelty, it will be for real, and it is for real. So I'm kind of looking backwards and bringing forwards, I guess. Yeah, no, like, and I was gonna say, like, I do, I love synth, first off. Like, so this I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> um, but yeah, you totally do get those sort of like 80s vibes. And like, I, yeah, like you talking about how like, you've sort of got that like kind of, I guess sort of sci-fi kind of mm. like link. I can totally feel that in like some of your music. Like it does feel very sort of like, some of them feel like a little bit sort of almost surreal, like when you're listening yeah. to it and like some of the lyrics and stuff, it's very, very cool. It's very like unique kind of sound, I think, especially like in music right now, like the way a lot of sort of like popular stuff is and that yeah. kind of really sets you apart, which is very, very cool. But like with this kind of like 80 influ- 80s influences, is there like anybody in particular that you sort of like were listened to maybe like growing up or whatever that you're oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Loads, really. But I mean, a lot of people have mentioned the Bowie reference, you know, the David Bowie thing. And that's undeniable. I can't I can't get away from it. I've loved Bowie all my life, you know. He, well, he died. He has so much more to give, I reckon, you know. It's, but uh, yeah, um, Bowie, a huge influence. And uh, Depeche Mode, we've got Tears for Fears. We've got Simple Minds, Psychedelic Furs. Peter Gabriel, another one who navigated his way through the 80s fantastically. And I just try and, I just think there's a place in music at the moment to get away from the kind of the typical guitar-led sort of indie sound. You know, I'm not slagging it off, it's, it's all good music, but I just think uh, some kind of lost something. I'm trying, I was listening to New Gold Dream a simple mindset about a year ago in the car you know you know that album new gold dream yeah apps just just like magical it's it's like it's like listening to to a diamond you know if a, if a gemstone made noise that's what it would be it just it's prismatic it's wonderful i thought if only i could come up with something a bit like that and so uh, I've, I've tried i don't know if i've succeeded but that's one of the sort of driving forces behind what i'm doing you know so you know, it's, it's it's difficult to put it into words, isn't it? But yeah, I think I think you did a, a pretty pretty good job there. And I think when when you when you say like your music's very 
very 80s. I like to throw the the adjective retro in and not not yeah. in a negative way at all. It, oh, no, no. I, and I think, like I, I've said before in certain reviews that I've done of, of your music, that you produce music unlike anything that I've heard, really, because you are bringing that 80s influence in, but it's in a very contemporary contemporary way that's that's the hope yeah as i said i don't i don't want it to sound like some kind of novelty thing you know it's uh, there was a there was a, a, a reviewer called uh, craig who runs a couple of blogs one of them's called bills in bad bubble <laughs> that's an awesome name he, yeah it's awesome <laughs> isn't it yeah he's, he's a very insightful guy and uh, he's, he, he follows my music which is really nice and uh, quite recently said c beam is like a time traveler from the 80s. Now, at first you think, oh, what do you mean by that? Hang on a minute. But he, uh, he kind of spoken about it. He does mean it in a in a positive way that it's 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 bringing forward something, but kind of reinventing it, rehashing it. I believe that Trevor Horn has done something quite similar recently. He's done a reimagined sort of 80s album. Um, so I'm certainly not alone in this. And I, I think, I like to think that there's a kind of new, new wave coming. You know, a post-punk new wave, new wave. And you can hear it already in some of the tracks and even in the mainstream. You're talking like um, Blinding Lights by The Weeknd, uh, Midnight Sky, Miley Cyrus, Rain On Me, Lady Gaga, Ariana Grande. You know, they're, these these are tracks which are undeniably 80s influenced. And I think they're going to set the pace for, for things to get away from the usual hip hop and, and rap and stuff, you know? That's the hope. <laughs> but... That's that's looking at it from a selfish point of view, from my own point of view, what I like in music, which is not necessarily what millions of others like in music. That's just the way it goes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the reality. Well, it's just like a very personal thing as well, right? So like we all have like different things that we latch onto, whether it's because like it's what our parents listen to or like what we grew up with, or like because it really just hits like a personal spot, like so, and I think that's like one of the nice things is like I like I know people who have like similar tastes in music to me, but it's like there's always something slightly different, and like that's what I think is so great yeah. that it's just like it's yeah. so personal that it fit into something different, even if there are like shared similarities. Yeah. That's the joy of music. And if we all had the same tastes and all listening to the same stuff, what a boring world it would be. Literally. Sometimes we don't always get what we want. We want people to like what we do. We love, we want our creativity to drive home. But it, you know, sometimes somebody they'll just say, I don't like I don't like this. It just doesn't do it for me. And you, you can't change that. That's just the subjectivity of it. It's, it's kind of to be to, to be celebrated and take the ego out of it, you know. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna get, you, you can't please everyone. You, you kind of focus on those who really do enjoy what you do. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And it just kind of almost alludes to what we were saying before, that music is it's this entity that can transcend boundaries and you link mm. with people who like similar similar things to you, mm. which... And I also think, you, you know, you do touch on upon it. it. You know, people like certain things and that's maybe why people are liking some of the things you're doing because there is a bit of nostalgia thrown in there while, oh, yeah. while being contemporary. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I guess a, a really good trajectory from that is, you know, you did your whole album with a synth and you were like, this is the sort you mean, of style. You mean Little Jet Angel, the first yes, yes, Little yes, Jet Angel, the yeah. debut album. Yeah, the debut album, all, all on a synth. How did you, because you must have gone through some sort of thought process, right? I'm going to do it like this, but I don't want to sound too all 80s glam right you know how, how did okay. you kind of work out that i was a... quite disciplined with myself because the temptation was to start adding lots and lots of guitar to make it sound more contemporary a bit like the killers you know those sort of a, you know but um i thought if i do that you know it's going to sound just like a, it's going to sound like a lot of other people and i think to be to make this really stand out let's just no guitar Absolutely none, just pure workstation keyboard. You know, I've got a great kind of steerer in a box, a Roland FA08 synthesizer, and it's just like having 100 keyboards in one. It's a fantastic thing. I wrote the whole thing on that, really. And um, yeah, that was the guiding guiding influence behind it. And I, I, I like to think it's made some, I produced something quite special with that. Yeah. Amazing. Does that answer the question? Yeah, no, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure, sure if I've answered it very well. Then no, I, th I think it's. 
<laughs> I think you did. It was just that that process of what you went through to go. This is how I'm going to produce the music. That I'm yeah, going I mean, to and also when when you're producing music on something as versatile and fluid as, as, as the Roland Workstation or the FAOA, sometimes the ideas come as you go. So you may put a few sort of arpeggios down, some sequences and then maybe some chords to fatten it up. And you, you build up the sounds almost sculpturally. And that's how I found with each song. And in, in all, I think, yeah, in all of the cases, I didn't actually have a song in my mind before I went to the keyboard. It was very much, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. And sometimes that can give the most magical results, you know, rather than, than dwelling on some tune that you've had knocking around in your head for, for months and months. It's kind of more, a lot of the time, it's more fun just to sort of be spontaneous, see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, I was just thinking like the, the music from your, debut album into your your newer stuff it's it, like there is a slight sort of change and so I'm just kind of wondering like I like obviously all musicians that go through a growth process and sort of like experimenting with new things and adding in like different instruments or adding in like a different vocal technique and that yeah. kind of thing. yeah so was is this kind of like you sort of like experimenting a little bit and seeing like what well kind of happens I, or <laughs> you know I mentioned the, the sort of no no guitar credo that I adopted for Little Chet Angel. And I thought, never say never. As soon as you start self-editing and saying, right, this is the way it's going to be, you know, it, it will change inevitably. So that's what's happening right now with as I'm producing the tracks for the next album, Neon Gods. It, there are parts when I think it really needs a guitar. This is gonna sound so cool with a guitar. So just, there's no point self-editing to the detriment of the quality of your music or what you're after. So now I feel it's, it's fine to add some guitar. I don't play brilliantly, but I think I can play kind of reasonably well enough to, to sort of, to add what, what's needed. And so that should be interesting, yeah. So that's gonna be still predominantly an electronic album. Yeah, but <laughs> some, some some guitar, you know, as long as those guitars behave themselves, yeah. they'll know their place. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you can't you can't really blame the player if uh, uh, if they're uh, they're being a bit egotistical. Sounds a bit yeah, it sounds very disciplinarian that. But no, it, 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 that, I just want the guitars to be meaningful. You know, just just to be where they need to be, just do you know exactly what's needed. Because otherwise, when you when you have a, a synth-led kind of sound, it's it's very easy to swamp that with a guitar or or you know distort the the, the 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 message of the song, the sound of the song. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. No, I think I can kind of like agree with that. I think like it's nice to have it in as like a complimentary thing. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. Certainly not. Certainly, Neon Gods will not be guitar led. No. Yeah. Maybe one day in the future, if I get better at guitar, who knows? But <laughs> this is still a, it's still going to be a synth album. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Safe to say that. And I guess like a bit of a it's linked to it, but a little bit of a trajectory away. As as someone who this is obviously a very solo project for yourself, how do you find the for and this is really just for any any musician who's listening thinking, well, I want to produce things myself. How do you find the production side of it, the actual recording and mixing and, and balancing? How how do you find that? Well, lockdown. As I was talking about this uh, on, on another show with Radio Northwich, it's been so awful. You know, we can't sort of say, "Isn't it great?" Lockdown. It's been for a horrible reason, but you get what you can out of things. And I'm, I'm quite a solitary person anyway, so I've, I've found that all kind of okay to just to dig in and, and, and get work done. Um, so, uh, I, I can tolerate huge amounts of my own company, so, and I have a long concentration span, very, very long. I can just apply myself for hours and hours until my ears go numb. <laughs> so I don't, I just really enjoy the whole production process. Um, if somebody is more gregarious and more band orientated, you have to go where your heart takes you and, and join a band and get with it and with other musicians. I feel quite comfortable in my own skin at the moment, but don't know how I might feel in some years' time. But yeah, you, you follow where your instincts take you and uh, yeah. When just like also just in terms of like actually like doing, I guess like the promo side of it, like doing, like getting it all together, like, you know, cause you're having to do that sort of like on your own, like some people yeah. <laughs> thought somebody who can like help them, you know, fine tune everything and like 
somebody who's like social media guru and that kind of thing. So like, how have you found like that side of things? Well, uh, it's, it's, it's been an education and looking back at the promotion for the first album, Little Jet Angel, uh, it, I, I was useless. I just didn't know how to promote that thing at all. I, I had this naive idea that you can just plonk an album onto Spotify and all the streaming channels and suddenly you're going to get a whole audience of people all want to listen to you. No, sorry, reality check. You've got to promote yourself. And you've got to do things that lead up to the release of a single or an album. You've got to have a lead up. And that's something that I've learned now after the release. People pe people are streaming tracks from Little Gen Angel. It's not as much as I'd like. <laughs> that's the reality of it. Whereas it's going much better for my more recent tracks, the next album, because I've actually promoted them. I've little stories, much more activity on social media. You know, it's not just um, Facebook, it's, it's, it's Twitter, it's Instagram. You know, I, I can't say that I want to bury myself into social media all the time to the, at the expense of creativity, but you do have to put aside a little bit of time, you know, maybe just one third or a quarter of your time. That's the advice I would give to promoting and, and um, you know, getting little snippets of information out there and get people aware of you. And then the results should be much better. That's what I would say. I think that's yeah. a good way to, to look at it. Social media is one of those things that's just unfathomably huge and when content is at our fingertips and it's so easy to digest or just skip something you know you have to I think the the snippets of information is is quite important now I guess another medium which is quite a big thing and I think it was I think it was more revolutionary in the 90s when this became a real kind of place for people to engage with music but music videos you've done Quite a lot of music videos, and uh -huh. yeah, I think a great one. <laughs> great. <laughs> I think they are just as I don't. I don't want to say out there is the right term, but they're definitely you know like the music. They're just a little bit different than what you would find as a mainstream video. Glad you say that. Yeah, I, yeah. I always, I always think you have to try and do something that makes you stand out a bit. There's all different ways of doing that. You know, you, you might be uh, somebody with a very unusual sort of voice. So maybe your video should reflect that in some way in, in, in the kind of iconography and imagery that you use. Or, you know, maybe, maybe you're a really freaky looking band and you dress in a really eccentric way. Use it, absolutely, because it says your video is a visual analog to who you are. And kind of remember that I read somewhere that the, the, the uh, optic part of our nervous system processes information thousands of times faster than any other sense. So when you put a video out, you are driving home your music in a fundamental way, much beyond the, the ears can. They're, they're, they're hearing it, they're looking at your music, so to speak, much quicker then they're hearing it. So that's something I've always remembered. I thought it's important to make videos. And I used to be a, a graphic artist in the computer games industry. That's been really useful experience. And I'm aware around computers, done a bit of animation. So the recent one for, for uh, Sweet Song, the most recent single, is purely animated. And that, that was good fun. It was done quite primitively using sort of uh, stage by stage um, screens and then put together in Windows Media and stuff. So it's a bit jerky, but I kind of I kind of like that. So I was looking for something a bit psychedelic, but yeah. because it's based with a panda character, black and white, I thought let's have something that's monodelic. Let's have something, let's have black let's have black and white psychedelia with using elements of yellow submarine and, and uh, Sergeant Pepper and see and see what we can come up with. And I didn't make life easy for me because it took ages. It took a long time to do. I was almost driving myself mad with it, but but <laughs> I hope I hope the end result is worthwhile anyway. I think it fits with the, with the nature of the song. Yeah. I hope so. No, oh, yeah, like well, I also just really like pandas as well. You like pandas, yeah, right. that's it. That's it. You're okay with me. <laughs> <laughs> pandas are great. But yeah, no, like it's very cool. And like, yeah, like Jamie was sort of saying, like your music videos I feel like are like quite a good reflection of your music and like the kind of I feel like grand's not quite the right word for What's it. What's that? Sorry, I didn't hear that. The... It's like your your music videos are very sort of like reflective of your music and yeah. like kind of 
brand's not quite the right word. Like brand. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Brand sounds a bit corporate, but yeah, yeah. like I, I know. Yeah, it's 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 just making your it's just your imprint, your an expression. Yeah, yeah your expression. Yeah, no, they're very cool. I'm just wondering like where you get some of like the inspiration for some of them. Like cause I watch as well like your music video for um tinfoil hat yeah yeah. and that one's very like it's very cool and i'm just kind of like wondering like where like how do you come up with the Uh, you know something you know one of it sounds incredibly dull to say it but one of the driving forces for creativity can actually be lack of budget okay limitations can really push you forward if you've got loads of disposable income thousands millions you know then in a way it sort of dilutes it. You can do anything you want. So then what's what's the kind of the special thing in it? But if if, if if you've got limitations, you can make them work for you. So in the case of Tinfoil Hat, that was done with a mobile phone or just a normal, you know, normal cell phone. And just using um, just simple things like sweet wrappers over the lens in the same way that you use gel on a camera. You know, you can create that mysterious sort of effect that I wanted, bearing in mind the subject matter of Tin Four, how the conspiracy theory, mm-hmm. someone who's a bit off balanced, you know, it, it works quite well, adds to the sense of mystery. And just when you zoom in on ordinary things and take them out of context, you, you can get some really interesting things, like just, just like that um, bit with the sort of solar device, mm-hmm. it zooms in. Um, that was just a projector, just a movie projector. But when you, you go in close, also if you if you go in close to LED lights, they start flashing in synchronicity with it with the hardware of your of your camera. So you get that kind of flashing, pulsing effect, like a hypnotic effect. That, and that that worked in in tandem with the whole, with the ideas in the song. So you try and marry the theme, the visuals with the theme, and you're onto something. But yeah, it was all done on the cheap and. Uh, cobbled it all together in windows media and uh another one that worked out well yeah uh, it look it looks great and the fact that you say you've done it on the cheap it was it cost nothing it, it wasn't nothing. something that even crossed my mind when i watched it oh i'm glad, I'm glad. which is no, i'm glad you didn't say god that looks cheap <laughs> <laughs> yeah this guy's got no money he's got nothing <laughs> no, it, de- it definitely doesn't exude that at all. And- well, but if it does look like that, at least you can say, well, he's a starving artist. He must be creative. <laughs> but there's that too. You know, money doesn't necessarily mean something's good. I think that is a very, oh, very good lesson to take follow. away. It doesn't always follow. It can do. It can do. You can produce amazing. You know, money can help. But uh, yeah. And I, I guess it's just a kind of a little kind of link to that. Have you done a lot of work with samples? No, I haven't been, not got into samples at all. I, I didn't want to do some Paul Hardcastle kind of thing, you know, or, or uh, you know, BAD. Remember, they were into samples a lot, weren't they? It's, it's not something that's really interested me much. Not yet, not yet. But I always try and keep an open mind. There may come a time when samples might be just really good. I might think, oh, why didn't I get into this before? But so far, it hasn't really sort of appealed to me. Well, like, Mm. just to switch gears a little bit, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, Because I was just sort of like, I was just still like ruminating over tinfoil hat a little bit. Because I I literally, (laughs) again, just like an hour ago. Um, And so, like, and I was just kind of thinking, like, the you sort of talked a little bit about, like, kind of the inspiration for it, or like what the song's about. But it just sort of got me thinking as well, like about like some of your other songs and that sort of thing. Like, I know we sort of talked a little bit about how like you've got like that little bit of a sci-fi streak. Um, But just like some of the like inspiration for like the lyrics behind your like music as well. Like, where do you, where does that come from? Like, Uh, (laughs) well, I've been lucky enough to to, uh, be well acquainted with books and literature. I do read a fair bit, um, not as much as I hope to. I've also, also well, I mentioned Bowie earlier on. I've always, I've always been very attracted to the abstract nature of his lyrics. You know, they're very poetic and yet not always that easy to assimilate. Now, there is a school of thought among song in songwriting that everything should be very obvious. You know, you want to get the message home. You want, you don't want it to be inaccessible. 
I get that maybe if you're doing kind of more mainstream music, but I, I've always been attracted to songs that have a sense of intrigue and mystery. And Bowie did a lot of that. You think what? I remember listening to Ashes and Ash, Ashes to Ashes when I was a, a nipper, and I thought, what the heck is he singing about? What is that all about? Ashes to Ashes, dust. We know Major. I didn't know what a junkie was, <laughs> you know, but. Um, it, I still loved it. I don't think you necessarily have to understand the, the immediate um, message of a song for you to like it. it, it sometimes it, it commands more listening until you do kind of get to the bottom of it. So, yeah, they, they, I, I've never, I always like to try and take a sidestep with lyrics, not to be too full on, but actually take it from a sideways angle. You know, what's the psychology of the character who's singing this? It might not necessarily myself, my own experience. It could be second-hand experience, or what I imagine to be the experience of someone else. And in the case of Tinfoil Hat, it's imagining the experience of somebody who suffers from paranoia, who's really into conspiracy theory, believes in the Illuminati, believes in this and that. And Ultimately, the song is not actually about the phenomenon. It's not to uh, pour cold water on on those phenomena or belief in them. It's actually really pouring cold water on when it gets dangerous, when people want to take up arms and get antisocial, the amplification effect of social media to drive people into behaving in really dangerous ways. That's really what the song is about. Mm -hmm. It's yeah, if, 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 if that's does that if that makes any sense. Yeah, totally. I don't think there's anything wrong with believing in UFOs and, and I've believed in UFOs myself. You know, I do. But it, it's really the attitude behind these things that that's that's when we need to uh, get a wake up call. You know, when you see the things that people are putting on social media, mm -hmm. very ugly things. Yeah. 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 Yeah, definitely. And like, just to agree with you, like, yeah, the universe is so huge and massive. I think it's like super, yeah. very human of people to take that sort of exceptionalism that like we're the only thing out there. But, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I just, my dad. My dad was an astronomer. My late father was a, a, a planetary scientist and astronomer. So I grew up with that, you know, all my life. This 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 fascination. But that's where the sci-fi thing comes from. Uh, comes from, I guess, you know, that fascination in the outer universe. And you're right. You know, there are. God, you know, billions of galaxies. We're alone? Come on, come off it. <laughs> yeah, literally. No, that's very cool. Um, but yeah, no, I totally, yeah, you totally get that with Tim Hat for sure. And like, yeah, it was just like, yeah, I was just thinking about it. And like, it's really lyrically, like, interesting as well as like musically. Glad you like it. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> and I guess while, while we're talking about music, um, and just, just because, this was something that when you first released it, I think I must have watched it like 10 times or something to try and really grasp what was going on. But the Ed, Ed Straker Future. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good I mean, Ed Straker, yeah. Just, just, I understand where it's all coming from, but there might be some people who don't. So I just, can we just dive into yeah. that ever so, ever so slightly? <laughs> For anyone under 30, yeah, <laughs> or 40 even. Yeah, it's based, <clears throat> Ed Straker Future is a single that's based on a TV series by Jerry Anderson. It was on TV late 60s into the 70s, I believe. And to cut a long story short, it's about a guy, Ed Straker is running, apparently running a film studio, but actually he's defending the earth against alien attack. So it's called UFO. And it was a live action program. It wasn't with all the marination that Jerry Anderson did. You know, this was all live action. Ed Straker was struck me as a really funny, sort of intriguing character because he was this 60s idea of what a futuristic person would look like. You know, that silver helmet haircut, you know, the Mandarin collar, a bit Dr. Evilish, you know. <laughs> it's a very kitschy program. It's absolutely brilliant. And, and uh, I thought, yeah, I'm going to write a song about that, you know. And so I hope that kitschy, sort of slightly ironic feel comes through. It totally it's, does. <laughs> <laughs> even if you might not know what it's about. Yeah, the, quite a few people said, who the hell's Ed Straker? I like it, but who, who's Ed Straker? Again, doesn't matter. If you like the song, you might maybe Google it and find out who he was. Some people did. Yeah, now they're, they're, they're more aware of the delights of UFO. <laughs> <laughs> I, th I think it's always a good thing to be able to draw from things in the past that things have happened whether it is something cultural or even something that you could call 
you know, an historical significant moment to bring that into music and look at it in a contemporary guise, I think is... what I did try to do with, with Ed yeah. Straight because you've got the, 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 the retro idea of him as, as somebody defending the earth against aliens and it's all kind of utopian in a way back then, you know, it's, it, there wasn't this sensibility that all the damage and the attack on earth is actually from from us mm-hmm. that didn't really exist back then it was alien attack but now bringing that whole theme to the present day it's it's really the enemy is us the enemy within it's, it's coming from the ground upwards we are doing immense damage to this planet you know so that's why we it leads to the course ed straker what did they do to our future they're getting away with murder you know, so it does go into a socio-political sort of flavour to it, but uh, I still think, I hope it's still fun anyway, it's still fun listening. Yeah. No, definitely. Well, and I think it's also like one of my, one of the things that I really like about music is like talking about those issues and also like making it accessible to a lot of people, like through music and through different types of music and yeah. like, you know, because it, it does have that sort of fun bit to it as well so it's kind of yeah. like you don't want to put people off you don't want a boring song you've got to get people in <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah it's just kind of nice like how it sort of like combines all together and and then we are able to sort of talk about you know mm. everything that's kind of going wrong or things that are problematic but yeah like you said like it's not boring or it's you know it still brings people in and even if it's a foot even if it's a foot tapper that's okay you know, yeah yeah that's Absolutely. fine you can work on different levels yeah and so we've now we've talked about a lot of the music that you have produced and obviously you've got uh, a new song uh, that I will play at the end of uh, this interview but you've alluded to you have a new album coming so what is next for you as as an artist just in general we have got another single coming up um, called Monkey Puzzle Tree so this should be a pretty cracking video for that as well. Well, hopefully it won't cost much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, budget. Budget, budget, yeah. But uh, we've got the, the album Neon Gods coming up, hopefully at the end of August or into September. And that will be, that will obviously feature Ed Strake of Future and Angel Hill and Sweet Song and all these all these tracks have been releasing. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to it getting, um, getting it out there so i almost feel a sense of impatience you know but yeah yeah we'll, we'll get it sorted yeah that's awesome so yeah we're really really looking forward to that but um i think uh i think that's probably it for for this so I was wondering, we're really excited to play Sweet Song, and I was wondering if you wanted to introduce it, you can give us a little bit of background about it, just so people, because I feel like your music is quite complex, so if it's got like a little background story, like go for it, um, just to give people that extra context. Yeah, so Sweet Song, um, it's really about uh, trying to keep your life simple. You know, don't get too distracted by things that in a hundred years time, no one is going to give a hoot about. You know, it, that's the thing. And if you do that, try and keep your life more simple. You'll have more space for your loved ones. You'll be able to to to, uh, to interact with them much better than your head full of rubbish. You know, so keep life sweet and simple. That's the message. Oh, I love that. That's such a good message. I hope I hope that's yeah. I hope that comes through. No, definitely. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with us. It's been so nice talking to you and finding out. Thank you too. Thank you. Um, so yeah, if you want to just do a wee introduction to the song that we're going to play. And ladies and gentlemen, this is Sweet Song by Seabeam. Enjoy.
was sweet song by cbeam hopefully you enjoyed that my friends and i'm afraid that is all we have time for on today's what's happening music show if you like this then please let us know you can follow us and find us on twitter at wh music show or what's happening music on facebook this podcast is shared on soundcloud spotify youtube apple Podcasts, and google Podcasts as well as a few more other places. So if you would like to share that with any of your friends who might like this, we would very much appreciate it. Also, let us know if you liked any of the music that we discussed or if there was music that you would like us to discuss in future episodes. You can hit us up on Twitter and Facebook or you can drop us an email at whm at adversound.com. Thank you once again for listening to this podcast and we hope you have a great day and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace.